I'm glad you're in church today. Glad you're in church today. Yeah, glad you're here. Turn to the one you really didn't want to talk to and tell him, say, you need a little church, my friend. My friend. I love that word, my friend. It's good to have you in the house today, guys. So awesome to be here today. Uh, We are kicking off a brand new series today called Faves. And what we're doing over the next several weeks is our location pastors, you have an opportunity to hear from those guys. Uh, we're taking our one of our favorite sermons out of our library, and we're just kind of bringing them to you guys. So today, this is actually one of my favorite sermons, and so I just wanted to bring that to you today. And uh, it's actually really kind of fits with where we are today. Uh, a lot of people, one of, the, one of the top questions I get asked all of the time is, Pastor, how do I hear God's voice? I mean, how do I know it was God? I, I, I don't know. Pastor, is it me? Is it, uh, is it God? Or is it the burrito I ate last night? Which one is it? How do I hear God's voice? And that is a question that a lot of people today are asking. And so that's what I want to talk to you about Today is how to hear God's voice. And, and in asking that question, we are making an assumption that God is speaking. Right off the bat, we make the assumption God is speaking. And that's important for you to realize and understand because a lot of people today feel like that God's not speaking anymore. They feel like that when the last disciple died out, that God stopped speaking and He's not moving and He's not working. But how many of you know we don't believe that? Nor does the Bible teach that. We believe that God is a communicating God. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still speaking to our hearts. The question is, are we hearing Him? You know, Jesus said He was going to send us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks into our hearts and into our lives. Sometimes it's through an impression. Maybe God lays something on your heart, and the Holy Spirit may, may impress you to pray for someone or speak life into someone or, or go somewhere. It could be in thunder and lightnings. It could be in a still, small voice. And it's important to check those to make sure they line up with God's Word. But it's important to know that our God is a speaking God. As a matter of fact, there are several places in the Bible where the Bible says, Let him that have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, the third verse in all of the Bible, it says, And God said... Jesus was describing the relationship that we would have for him, and he actually described it as a shepherd and a sheep, the type of relationship that they have. And he lays it out for us in John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, what do they do? They listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why do they do that? Because they know his voice. You know, it's interesting. Someone could call you on the phone, and even if you didn't have caller ID, if you knew that person immediately, you recognize their voice. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I tell Misty all the time, I said, you can put me in a room filled with women and put my wife in that room, blindfold me, and let all of them talk, and I will find my baby girl. Because how many of you know I hear her voice all the time, yo? Amen? But anyway... 
And it's amazing because you can do that as a mother and a child. I've seen children be in a room, 50, 60 kids, and they're all hollering and screaming and having a good time. And it's amazing that a mother has the ability to recognize her child's voice above all the other voices. Why? Because they spend time with them. They're connected to them. And so Jesus is saying, hey, when you're connected to me and you know me, my sheep know my voice. But he doesn't stop there. He says, they'll never follow a stranger. They won't follow them. In fact, they will run away from him. Why? Because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so again, I believe with all of my heart that God speaks. Some of the most important decisions I've ever made in life has been a result of knowing that God spoke into my heart. I remember when I first met Misty and we started talking, you know, dating a little bit, hanging out. And, uh, and I just began to pray over her. She fell in love at first sight. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm pretty humble about that. But I just got, I had to pray about her. I really did. And so I just remember specifically exactly where I was and what I was doing when God spoke to my heart and said, hey, that's the one for you. And then all throughout the times, we've been married 13 years next week, amen, all throughout our time together. Thank you for that. Y'all pray for me, amen. But all through our time together, God has spoke to my heart all through this time. Uh, I remember when we first came onto this property right here, we used to have bushes everywhere. And those bushes held a bunch of snakes. See, you know, we used to be a snake handling church, amen. Then we got saved. But anyway, they held a bunch of snakes. And I remember we came out here one day, and there was a black snake in the bushes in the front, and he stuck his head up. Well, I don't like snakes. I don't deal well with snakes. Misty doesn't mind snakes, and so here's what I did. I said, I'll tell you what, baby, I've got a gun in my truck because this is Joko, yo. I got a gun in my truck. I'm going to bring it out. I need you to go to the bush and shake it, and when he comes up, I'll shoot him. And how many of you know she did that for me? Amen? So God, I just really believe, spoke to my heart and said, she's the one for you. I also believe that God spoke to our heart when it came time to plant this church right here. We started in a living room, and we went to the theater, and, and I just remember that moment where my wife and I were praying and seeking God, and we just really believed that we heard God say, hey, plant this work and do an amazing thing. I remember the promise that God spoke to me over all of our kids and, uh, and just writing those promises down. So the point is, if God is speaking and He is, then we ought to want to hear Him more clearly. So the question is, why don't we hear God's voice clearly? He is speaking, but why don't we hear Him? And so what I want to do is I want to give you three or four points today on why we're not hearing God's voice. And then I want to wrap it all up by telling you how we can hear from God. And so if you're taking notes in your seat back, you'll see this note card there. Pull that out. You're free to take notes on that if you'd like. So let's just write down a few things. Why can't we hear God's voice? Here's the first one. Number one, because of busyness. Busyness. How many of you know it's difficult to hear from God if you're too busy? And the truth is, that's where a lot of us are today. That's where a lot of our lives are. We're, we're stressed out. We're burned out. Our schedules are packed so full. We can't add a single thing to our schedules. Many times, we don't even know which way is up and which way is down. But how many of you know what the devil can't stop, he will accelerate? Come on. What the devil can't stop, he will accelerate. 
And so we just get busy in life, busy with kids and grandkids and friendships and careers and, and, and so many sacrifices trying to move our lives forward. And sometimes we just have so much going on in our world that we get busy and busyness leads to distractions. Have you ever noticed that? Matter of fact, we see a very good picture of this in Luke chapter 10, verse 39 and 40. And it's talking about Martha here. And it said, Martha had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to His teaching. So even though there was a lot going on on this particular day, even though there was a lot of things, it was a hectic time and a busy time, it says that Mary made the choice to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to Him. But what did Martha do? Martha, it says, was overly occupied and too busy. And as a result of that, as a result of being too busy, what happened? She was distracted with much serving. She was distracted. And I think a lot of us today can find ourselves in that mode. We want to hear from God, but there's just too much stuff going on in our lives. And the truth is, you're never going to hear God's voice clearly until you're willing to slow down. Take a breath. The point is, you have to make time for God. And I know that's very hard to do because we live in a culture that's constantly bombarding us with what about this and what about that and you need to do this and you need to do that and and social media. And it's just so hard to turn things off. But you need to understand that that busyness, it leads to distractions. But then the distractions, if you're not careful, you find yourself sitting in laziness. You get a lazy spirit. When you're lazy in your spirit, you know one of the first things to go is your Bible reading. You know, remember how you started off the first of the year and you were tracking along and it was so good and it was wonderful and you were up on your Bible reading every single day and then you get a day behind, a week behind, a month or two behind and now you just throw your hands up and you're like, well, what's to use? Because you feel like it's all or nothing. But I want you to hear me today. Something is better than nothing. Understand, God doesn't need a lot in order to do a lot. Are you with me? And so the only thing, I thought about David. The only thing David had was five smooth stones and a shepherd bag, and God used one stone to drop a giant. So a lot of times in life, we feel like, well, it's all or nothing, and my Bible reading is hit or miss, mostly miss. Then I look at my prayer time, and and it's all about me going before God, saying, Lord, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. But there's never really intimacy with God. And then you're no longer a part of a bridge group. And then you know what begins to slide then? Your church attendance. Your church attendance. You just got busy doing this and busy doing that. And, and then I've got, you know, my kids are running around and they got tournament ball. And please don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong with sports, man. Send your kids to sports. Let them play sports. But here's what I want you to get. We need to prioritize the house of God. We need to prioritize the house of God. Because listen, when you prioritize the presence of God, you hear from God. Hear me today. If you don't make time for God, there will be no time with God. Come on, let me say that again. That was a mic drop moment. I actually saw in my mind preaching this before you guys running laps, but you didn't. So anyway, if you don't make time for God, there will be no time with God. Psalms 46.10, what does it say? Be still, be still and know that I am God. And I love this verse because it's almost saying that you will never know who God is until you sit still long enough to know who He is. I read a quote some time ago. It says, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. 
And listen, for most of us in here, Sunday is our Sabbath. It's, it's our day of rest. So why would you take the day of rest and fill it up with stuff that you feel like you just got to do? Why don't you take an hour or two, three hours, and just sit back, relax, concentrate on God. And I promise you, if you make time for God, the quieter you become to quiet your soul, you'll hear more clearly from God. So one of the first reasons why we don't hear from God is busyness. Here's the second reason, competing voices. Competing voices. In other words, God could be yelling at you, but if there is a thousand other voices yelling at you, you're not going to hear Him. You know, I, I love to go to football games. Anybody ever been to a football game? You get in that stadium, the energy, the hype is great. I carried my kids to a Carolina Tar Heel football game. Any Tar Heels in the house? Like three of you. Okay, so I carried them to a Carolina game. We had fun. But then I carried my oldest son, Lane, to an NC State ball game. Any state fans? I carried him to a state ball game. And it's funny because when you go into those stadiums and they're packed full of thousands and thousands of people, and Lane and I were sitting there, we were enjoying it. Every time state would score, we would stand up and holler. And I could literally not even hear him standing beside me. I couldn't hear anything he was saying. But you take that same scenario because we got there early because I wanted to walk him around the stadium. I wanted him to see exactly what was there. And so we went to our seats right to start with. There was nobody else in the stadium, only a few people. And it's amazing because in that stadium, before everybody got there, across the field, there were two guys talking in a normal voice and we heard them. We heard them. You hear more clearly when you get rid of all the competing voices that come at you. And it's interesting because Jesus found himself always trying to reach out to people. He was always trying to get into their hearts and get into their lives. And, and, and it's amazing because a lot of times they just kept giving excuses on why they couldn't be with him and why they couldn't go here and why they couldn't do that. And we see this in Luke chapter 14, verse 18 through 20. It says, but they all alike, what did they do? They began to make excuses. The first guy said, hey, I bought a field and I've got to go check it out. Excuse me. The second guy said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I need to try them out. I just bought a John Deere tractor, Jesus. I need to check that thing out. Excuse me. And another guy said, hey, I just got married. I can't come. The point is they all had excuses as to why they couldn't come into the presence of God. But here's the challenge I want to give you today. What would your life look like if you could eliminate the competition against God? And if you couldn't eliminate it, at least you could kind of eliminate some of the things. Restrict them. And I, we, we know what they all are, don't we? I mean, really, it's all digital, right? It's all iPads and iPhones and, and technology and Instagram and, and, and Snapchat. And for us old folks, it's Facebook. But here's what I want you to hear today. We're spending way too much time on Facebook when we need to be seeking His face. We're spending way too much time on these things. I read a statistic not long ago that said the average child spends close to nine hours a day on social media. Guys, that's up to 63 hours a week. I mean, think about that. God doesn't have a chance to get with you during the week and we won't even give Him an hour or two on Sunday. And I would just say there's nothing wrong with social media. Social media is fine, but I believe it needs to have its place. 
Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 says, Since we are surrounded by so many examples of the faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that distracts us. And we must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. And we must focus on what? Focus on Jesus. That's where our focus has to be. Because if you focus on Him, you can hear from Him. Listen, Jesus is not going to come into all of your competition and try to out-yell everybody else. He's not going to do that. And so if you want to hear God's voice, you've got to turn down the world's volume in your life. So why can't I hear from God? Well, number one, I get too busy. The second reason why I can't hear from God is because I've got all these competing voices. Here's the third one. is because I haven't prepared my heart. There's an unprepared heart. Oftentimes in Scripture, Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm speaking a lot more than you think I am. It's just not landing. It's just not coming in because you've not prepared your heart. And it's important to understand that this, guys, is something that we can control. It's like coming to church and before you get here, you're taking a little bit of time to say, God, I want to prepare my heart. I want to receive from you today. I want to hear everything you're saying to me. But most of the time, what do we do? We fall out of the bed, we throw our clothes on, we jump in the car, and we're having them intense prayer sessions with your spouse on the way here. You come into the church on two wheels, you jump out of your car door talking about, praise the Lord, I'm here. Let's get our praise on. Do you realize the people in the parking lot see you? Amen. They see you red in the face with that vein in your head pulsating. But if you're willing to take time and say, God, I want to prepare my heart this morning. I want to hear from you. That's what God's called us to do today. And it's interesting because Jesus talks about this in a parable. A parable of a sower who went out to sow some seed in Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 and 19. It says, when anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in... It just remains on the surface. So that's kind of like me taking a handful of seed, going out here and throwing it on the sidewalk, and coming back two weeks from now and expecting to see growth. I mean, you know, that's not going to happen. Why? Because the condition of the concrete is keeping that seed from growing. But if I take that same seed and I go out to fertile soil and I throw it in fertile soil, soil that has been prepared, soil that is ready, and I cover that seed up, I come back two weeks later and there's something growing. There's something sprouting out of the ground. Why? Because I've taken time to prepare for it. And Jesus says we got to prepare for it. He says, I'm throwing it out, but it's just not landing. And when it lands, it's not sinking in. And then he goes on and says, the evil one comes along And plucks it right out of that person's heart. So God is speaking all of the time. The question is, are we preparing our hearts to receive it? Turn to your neighbor and say, man, I thought this message was going to be a lot different. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles and distracts us both within. What is that? That's within our hearts. And without, that's the outside distractions. Let us make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. Now here's where I need your help. Here's where I want to get you involved. To demonstrate what I'm talking about, if you can, I want you to stand up right where you are. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. If you can, stand to your feet right where you are. In just a moment, there's going to be a sound that's going to be released in this worship auditorium. Hear me. If you hear the sound, I want you to sit down. 
If you don't hear the sound, I want you to remain standing. Don't just look around and tell me, well, they sit down, I'm going to sit down too. You know, don't do that. If you hear the sound, sit down. If you don't hear the sound, remain standing. Are you ready? Release the sound. All right, for all of you that are standing up, look around, look real good, look real good. The reason why you didn't hear it, are you ready? Lean in, is because you're old, amen? Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise right there. You're old. (laughs) I've been listening to the thing for years. I hadn't heard it yet, but anyway. (laughs) Here's what I want to tell you. What you just heard was 17.4 kilohertz, which is basically the audio frequency of a mosquito. And the reason why they heard it and you didn't, again, is because we just old. That's just the way it is. But you may be asking, well, wait a minute, what happened there? Why is it that half of the folks sit down and the other half didn't sit down? The point is, every single one of us, at one point in time in our life, we had the ability to hear that sound. But the older you get, the more distractions that come in, the more busy you get, the more dull our ears become to where we can't hear. And here's the interesting thing from a spiritual standpoint. There was a bunch of us in here that could hear that sound. But there was also a bunch of us in here that couldn't hear that sound. And the older you get, the more life experiences, the more stuff, the more clutter, the more voices, our ears become dull to what God is trying to say to us. Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And here's the thing. God is saying a lot. He's speaking a lot. He's wanting to give us a lot. But because of busyness, because of competing voices, because of the unprepared heart, we're just not getting it. It's just not getting into our hearts and getting into our souls. But here's the good news today. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. You can still tune your heart back to God. You can still return to God with innocence and come to God and say, Lord, I want a dream again. I want a vision again that shakes the foundation of who I am. I want to go out and win somebody to you again. Lord. Lord, I just want to do something great for your glory. I want to trust you again. I want to encourage you in here today to come back to God with innocence and say, Lord, I want to hear you again. I want to hear you again. And God will begin to speak into your heart like never before. So let me make a quick transition real quick. Now we know why we can't hear from God. So here's what I want to look at. How can I hear from God? Pastor, hey, that's great. The busyness, the competing voices, the unprepared heart, I've got that. But how can I hear from God? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And I'm not going to read all of it for the sake of time, but, but I want you to see how a younger man could hear God's voice, but an older gentleman who used to hear God's voice could not hear it anymore. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak that he could barely see, he was lying down in his usual place and it said that the lamp of God had not gone out yet. And this young boy Samuel, he's lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And and God comes to him and says, Samuel, and 
And, and Samuel jumps up and says, here I am. He runs in to see Eli and said, Eli, you're, you're speaking. What, what can I do for you? Eli says, Samuel, I didn't say anything. Go lay back down. So God comes to Samuel a second time. And, and he says, Samuel, Samuel jumps up, runs in to see Eli and said, yes, sir, here I am. What do you need? How can I help you? And Eli said, Samuel, son, I didn't call you. Go lay back down. And God spoke to him a third time and said, Samuel, And Samuel jumps up and he runs in there and says, Yes, sir, Eli, here I am. And Eli finally realized what was going on. And so Eli said to him, he said, he told Samuel, he said, Hey, when you go lie down and if he calls you again, you just say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he goes back and he lays down and and God speaks to him again and said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. Let me give you three things today. Three ways how we can create an environment in which we can hear from God. Because again, God is speaking, but are we hearing Him? Here's the first way. How do I hear from God? Number one, I hear from God as I read His Word. As I read His Word. In other words, you've got to get into the book in order to hear His voice. Remember Samuel was lying down by the lamp. What is the lamp? Psalms 119.105. It says, Your Word, Lord. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word. In other words, the Bible is not there just to give you some historical record or some spiritual thoughts. The Bible will very literally illuminate your life. And you say, well, I'm reading it, but I'm not getting anything out of it. Keep reading it, honey, and God will begin to speak to your heart. Because if you read the word, the word will read you. So get into his book. And how many of you know that there's, there's, there's nothing like the Bible? And it's interesting that the Bible, year after year, it is the number one bestseller for decades. This book does what no other book can do. And we call it a book, but it's actually a collection of books. 66 books from Genesis to Revelations, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. It's a collection of books. It was written by 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years. So you got different authors, different time periods. Some of the Bible is poetry. Some of it is history. Some of it is parables. But yet from cover to cover, it all weaves together a simple story. It is a love story. It is the love of a creator for his creation. It is the love of a Father for His children. Every chapter, every verse, God has inscribed in His book to let us know who He is and who we are in Him. Come on, how many of you know there's nothing like the B-I-B-L-E? That's the book for me. That's His Word. Read His Word and His Word will begin to read you. So if you want to hear God's voice, get into His Word. Here's the second thing. How can I hear from God? As I prepare for His presence. As I prepare for His presence. The scripture says Samuel was by the ark. And in the Old Testament, the ark was where the presence of God was. In the New Testament, that place is found in worship. And here's the thing. If you're trying to find God, all you've got to do is start worshiping and He'll find you. First Chronicles says the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro for hearts who are fully devoted to Him. John chapter 4 says the Father is seeking for worshipers. Nothing brings the presence of God more into your life like passionate worship. Where you get along with Him and you spend time with Him. I thought about Adam and Eve when they were 
in the garden. They, they, they walked with him. They talked with him. And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and Eve decided to get away from all of the distractions, all of the competition, all of the things that, that were keeping them from the presence of God. And they just would take a walk in the garden. Come on, how many of you remember that song? That old hymn, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And he talks with me and he walks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy I share as I tarry there, none other has ever known. Come on, where's all my old folks in the house today? Come on, you know you didn't hear that sound, amen? We walking in the garden today, amen? So you've got to find a place where you meet with God. You've got to get away from the distractions. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 91. He says, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. There is a place like no other place where you get alone with the presence of God and you hear His voice and you feel His Spirit and you open up His Word and His Word begins to penetrate into your heart and you begin to experience Him in ways like never before. And it is in those moments that you lose yourself in worship. You don't care who's around you. You don't care what's going on. It's just you and God in that moment. You're in His presence. So how can I hear from God? I get into His Word. I prepare for His presence. But here's the third way. As I get planted in His church. As I get planted in His church. The Scripture says Samuel was in the temple. He got planted in the church. How many of you know that God has called us to be a part of the body. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's what Hebrews said. And here's Samuel, and he's, he's laying in the temple of God. He's in God's presence. He's in God's house. And listen, God calls us to get in His house. And it doesn't have to be this one, although I'm kind of partial of this one. But just so you get somewhere. Get somewhere. And hey, if you're new here today and this is your first time... Man, we've got a hospitality team. We've got leaders, even myself. I'd love to meet you after service and talk with you, talk about how you can get involved and pray over you because you're upset because you didn't hear the sound. I feel you. I got you. But I'd love to hang out with you. Listen to me. Psalms 92, verse 11 through 13 says this. My eyes have seen defeat. The defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. Watch what he says. The righteous, what will they do? They will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. And where does all this happen? It tells us planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. Samuel heard from God because he was in the house of God. So understand, God is speaking. But are we listening? Have we put ourselves in the right environment? To hear what God wants to say. The older we get, the more things happen in our lives. The more distracted we get, the more busy we get. Careers, hobbies, certainly nothing wrong with any of this. But the more we pile into our schedules and into our lives, the less we hear from Him. Our ears get dull. 
And so my heart for this house and for you is that you'll come back to the purity of that place where you heard from God. That you eliminate the busyness and the distractions. You eliminate the competing voices. And you'll prepare your hearts to come in and say, God, I need you. I want to experience you again. Father, I've been walking this thing called life for a long time. But I need you. God, I need you. Take me back, Lord, to that heart of worship. Take me back to that place, Lord, where where there's such a purity and there's such an innocence, God. Take me back to that place where I can hear from you again. God, help me to dream again. Come on, when's the last time you just sit there and just begin to dream about what God can do in your home, in your heart, in your life, in your family? God, help me dream again. Speaking to my heart. God, you're not done with me. Here's the thing, guys. If you still got breath in you, he's not finished with you. God, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? How can I please you? My wife and I were having this conversation yesterday. We were just kind of hanging out outside, relaxing. Had the kids running around, playing. It was just a great time. And it is kind of a busy season for us. And so I just looked at her and she looked at me and I said, I said, have you ever wanted more out of life? You ever wanted more? She said, yeah. I said, you know, I said, we could have more. I just don't know that we would have his presence. And to me, his presence is worth more than any material thing, than any other thing that we can possibly get or grab or hold on to. And so we just begin to say, Lord, give us more of you. Give us more of your presence. Give us more of your spirit. And so I don't know where you are today, guys. I just know that the summertime is a busy time. I know that oftentimes the summertime is a distracting time. And I just know that sometimes summertime can be a lazy time. But God, we don't need to be lazy. We don't need to be distracted. We need to be about your business. In Jesus' name, stand with me all over the house. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you for these moments. And we thank you for this time to be in your presence. And Lord, to hear your voice. And Father, our hearts are open. Our ears are open today. God, speak into our hearts. Speak into our hearts. Hear me today. Maybe you've stepped in here today and you just come in and you say, Pastor, man, I want to hear from God. I want to be all that God's called me to be. I want to do great things for Him. I don't want to just kind of go through life aimlessly, but I want to make a difference. I want to, I want to make a mark in society. I, want, I just want to be something great for God. And you've come into the house today and you say, Pastor, there's just an emptiness in my soul. There's an emptiness in my heart. And, and I want that hole to be filled. You know what your first step is? Is to simply say, Lord, come into my heart. 
Forgive me of my sins. I accept you into my life right now. And so if that describes you in the house today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to accept him into my heart. Could you just slip a hand up real quick? We're not here to embarrass you. Just slip a hand up and say, that's me. God sees the hand. God sees the hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we've come to you. And we open our hearts to you. We open our lives to you, Father. And we ask you to come back into our hearts. Come on, church, we pray this as a family. If you raise your hand today and you said, I'm serious about God. I'm